Blog Talk Radio. Well, we thought that things would work out in the end, but friends are not friends and enemies are so close to me. I don't know who you supposed to be, so contemplate that before approaching me. Hey, fool, run that shit the fuck back, man.
Peace and blessings, everyone. I want to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. Got a wonderful show coming up. So excited. I want to say thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you. My name is Hell. And I am your host here on the foundation. I want to say uh, thanks, all praises, honors, appreciation due to the creator and the ancestors. But without them, we would not be here. I do want to say peace, big peace, big thanks, big up to Big Brother Jesus L. HighFrequencyRadioNetwork.com extraordinaire. Big brother used to tell. But without him, I would not be on this network. HighFrequencyRadioNetwork.com, obviously, where it goes down. I definitely want to say peace to all the listeners, the live listeners, or everyone checking this out live right now on the switchboard. Everyone that's called in, all the callers, live listeners, if you're on the internet, I want to say peace to all the archivists. All the podcast listeners of the foundation. Also, everybody who's sharing MP3 around the United States as well as around the world. If you are text savvy, you're downloading the shows, sending them via email or text messages to your friends or family. You're doing your dance. Peace to you. I want to say peace to the trustees. The folks. Definitely. And I want to say peace to anyone that I've consulted with in the private. Anyone who sent an email, just saying what's up. Anyone who submitted any type of comment, current event, so on and so forth, I want to say peace to you. Definitely. The foundation on High Frequency Radio Network welcomes you. Once again, I'm your host, So L, and I appreciate you being here. You'd be doing a lot of things at your time right now, but I trust that you're taking time to invest in your private education, because that's what's up, and that's what I respect. Welcome to thefoundation.com. Go to the, right there. Type it out, spell normally. Welcome. To the foundation.com. At the very least, add your name on the mailing list, the email list. Definitely want to say shout out to anyone and all of you for checking out the show at this moment in time due to the email that you received on behalf of the foundation. Definitely peace to you. As we proceed, so you know the foundation where we look uh, to lay the foundation and reestablish a proper foundation. We know incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct informa- information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we're looking to apply correct information correctly here on the foundation. That's 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 what I'm doing. That's what we do here. Looking to assist those 
and properly applying correct information. So peace, peace to yourself for being on, be on the show, checking it out, investing in your education. With that being said, let's get into some current events, and I'm excited to get to the programming. I'm going to call it programming because that's what it is. I'm trying to reprogram y'all, reprogram myself at the same time. Just so y'all know, 424-222-5250 to listen live is a call-in number. Usually go past the allotted time for the broadcast. Broadcast. If that happens, you will be kicked off on the internet to listen to the rest of the show. You either have to be on the switchboard, meaning you called in from a mobile phone or a home phone. If you have a home phone, I mean, who does that these days? But hey, more power to you. Also, 563-999-3625. Both the numbers work. Call into the show. Press 1 if you want to interact with me. So, L, if not, cool, just kick it. I'm down. I like kicking it with my people. So, jumping into these current events real quick. I'm not trying to go too deep, but we have several. Once again, Retail Apocalypse is back in the news. Toys R Us going to close 180 stores across the United States. Stores are us. Haven't seen or heard too much of this lately. Hey, my father's trying to call me right now. I'm teaching the people, Dad. I love you, though. I'll call you back. Toys R Us is planning to shutter roughly 180 stores across the country, or about one-fifth of its U.S. store fleet in a bid to restructure the company and emerge from bankruptcy protection. The closures still need court approval. Documents show, but management is planning to shut the locations beginning in early February and running through mid-April. Here we got a quote here. The reinvention of our brand requires that we make tough decisions about our priorities and focus. Chairman and Chief Executive Officer David Brandon wrote Tuesday in a memo to customers. The actions we are taking are necessary to give us the best chance to emerge from our bankruptcy proceedings is more viable and a more competitive company. The Wayne, New Jersey-based retailer added that a number of its existing locations will be co-branded as Toys R Us and the Babies R Us. So they're consolidated. I don't know if y'all know, but now they got Toys R Us and Babies R Us. So they're going to consolidate Toys R Us and Babies R Us. It's all going to be in the, one, in the same store. Just four months ago and before the holiday shopping season, Toys R Us filed for bankruptcy protection. As its sales were waning and debt was piling up, the toy chain uh, faces increased competition from the likes of Amazon, Walmart, and Target. And it has struggled meeting consumers' needs online. It goes on to say, uh, Toys R Us has said it focused on proven an in-store and online shopping experience and is also planning to revamp its loyalty program to appeal to more customers. 180 stores, a lot of jobs being lost. Check this out, though. U.S. official backs weak dollar amid fears of a trade wars. This is... Uh, on routers, my bad. The last one was on uh, 
CNBC. CNBC, y'all check it out. This is Davos or Davos, Switzerland, U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. Welcome to weaker, weaker dollar today, sending the greenback reeling and underlying concerns that U.S. President Donald Trump is stepping up his attack on China and other big trading partners as part of his America First agenda. Mnuchin made the remark seen by markets as a departure from traditional U.S. currency policy at the World Economic Forum in Davos, where other world leaders have made swipes at what they see as U.S. protectionism. Tough U.S. talk on trade on the eve of Trump's arrival at the Swiss ski resort on Thursday contrasted sharply with the chorus of government leaders from India and Brazil to Germany and Canada who urged cooperation and criticized protectionism. Obviously, a weaker dollar is good for us as it relates to trade and opportunities, Mnuchin told the press during a briefing today. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross later told CNBC that his colleague was not advocating for a weaker dollar, but he also struck a combative tone. Asked if he was concerned about sparking a trade war, Ross said, trade war has been in place for quite a little while. The difference the U.S. troops are now coming to the ramparts. I mean, that's some very, very general statements, man. Pressed about Mnuchin's remarks, White House spokesman Sarah Sanders said at a daily briefing in Washington, quote, we believe in free-floating currency. The president has always believed in that, end quote. We have a very stable dollar in large part due to how well the United States economy is doing right now. Trump is the first uh, sitting United States president to attend the forum since Bill Clinton in 2000. So the dollar dropped, sends its route. This is another another article. This is on uh, this is on Reuters. This is on Reuters. Dollar extends its route at three-year low after mutual remarks. Gold jumps. So this is transitioning into gold. The United States. Dollar extended its recent route to hit three-year lows, and gold rose to its highest level in one and a half years today after U.S. Secretary of Treasury Stephen Mnuchin said he welcomed the weakening dollar. Fears of protectionist trade policies by the United States had already pushed the greenback to a three-year low. And Mnuchin's remark at the annual Davos Summit of Business and Political Leaders pushed it down even further. President Donald Trump is scheduled to speak tomorrow. It's quite significant, given that this is the first time in a very long time that a Treasury Secretary has spoken against the strong dollar. Gold prices rose, hitting their highest level since August 2016 as investors sought insurance against fears of rising inflation. United States stocks in the S&P 500 ended down slightly as Ross's comments fueled worries of a trade war. Stocks were higher early in the session, following another round of upbeat earnings and the dollar's fall, which tends to be positive for United States multinationals. General Electric is also weighing on the S&P 500. Shares were down 2.7%. The latest blow, the largest U.S. industrial conglomerate. U.S. securities regulators are probing a massive insurance charge that GE announced last week. GE on Wednesday forecasts more weakness this year at its power business, which produced 60% of companies' profits as recently as 2016. 
Talked about bond yields. I'm going to move on, though. CNBC gold hits year and a half uh, peak after the United States welcomes weaker, weaker dollar. Sorry about that. Gold prices rose today, hitting their highs since August 2016. We know that. Dollar index touched three-year lows after Munich. Munchen. Man, it's hard because his name is it's an M and then an N. U-C-H-I-N. It's, sometimes it gets me. A decline in the dollar makes commodities price in the greenback cheaper for buyers using other currencies. Spot gold was up 1.29%. Silver was up 3% at 17.57 an ounce. It all comes down to if the dollar continues to stay weak and inflation trends upwards, that will be confirmation that we have inflationary pressures building, which would move gold up further. Look, you ask me, gold's gone. Silver's gone, too. Silver is still affordable. Gold's about to bounce, just so you know. Moving forward, Weiss issues first grades on cryptocurrency, sparking an outrage online and a cyber attack. So Weiss Ratings, which claims to offer the first ratings on cryptocurrencies, has judged Ethereum to be better than Bitcoin. The Securities Ratings Agency announced today that it gave Ethereum a B rating because it benefits from more readily upgradable technology and better speeds despite some bottlenecks. Bitcoin received a fair C-plus rating because the digital currency is encountering major network bottlenecks causing delays and high transaction costs. Despite intense ongoing efforts that are achieving some initial success, Bitcoin has no immediate mechanism for promptly upgrading its software code. None of the 74 cryptocurrencies that agency covers received an excellent A rating. B-rated B Ethereum and digital currency EOS have the highest rating. That tough take is apparently a trademark of the 47-year-old independent financial ratings agency. Reports from Barron's and the New York Times from 2002 and 1992 respectively note Weiss's lack of A ratings and coverage of insurance stocks, mutual funds, and other securities. The Florida-based company usually files, uh, uh, flies under the radar <clears throat> excuse me, in comparison to better-known agencies such as Standard & Poor's and Moody's. Weiss says it does not accept compensation from the company it rates for issuing the ratings. Former cryptocurrency investors were apparently very worried that Weiss would issue negative ratings on digital currencies. The agency said in a release today that staff <clears throat> excuse me, was up all night last night fending off denial of service attacks from Korea and cited Korean social media posts calling others to bring down the ratings agency's website. The hackers then broke into the website, took information from it, and are distorting it on social media, the company said. So this is what's going on now, if y'all don't understand. So Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are going to be on the futures exchange markets. So Chicago Mercantile Exchange, uh, maybe not Chicago Mercantile Exchange, but at least, you know, definitely on some sort of uh, trade trading platform. So it's already, you can already trade it as a currency on like Forex and currency exchange platforms. But this is going to be, you know, sort of like the Dow Jones Industrial and NASDAQ type futures 
contracts for cryptocurrency in the same way where they do futures contracts for, you know, say an ounce of silver and an ounce of gold, where the futures market is controlling the physical market as far as price for gold and silver and other commodities and stuff. I'm going to see, I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if you didn't see similar controlling mechanisms placed on, you know, digital currencies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the like because of these future markets prices. Just uh, something to look for. Uh, Who knows? Moving forward, this is on CNBC, and then I'm going to go into some some other stuff about the IRS, and then that's it. So ripples. I don't know if y'all remember, like a few months back, I was like, grab some ripples because it's going to pop. Well, Ripple sold $91.6 million of its digital currency, XRP, last quarter as the price surged almost 30,000%. I've never, what? <clears throat> Ripple, the payments company that's developing a blockchain-based system for banks, sold $91.6 million worth of digital currency, XRP, in the fourth quarter taking advantage of last year's 29,631% price surge. Trading volume in the quarter jumped more than 35,000% to an average of over $807 million a day from $2.28 million a day in the same period a year earlier. XRP markets ended the year with a statement, one that will likely be remembered as a defining milestone in XRP's history for Ripple, which owns about 60%, of all the XRP in existence, the sudden excitement for cryptocurrencies and all things blockchain has been a huge boon to the startup's balance sheet. In total, Ripple used XRP sales to bring in over $180 million last year without having to give up any equity in the company. Oh, man. That gives Ripple a significant cash cushion as it tries to sell its software to financial institutions and provide some protection in case the price of XRP crashes. It's been a wild ride so far to start 2018 after starting the year at $2.30. XRP quickly shot up to $3.84 on January 4th before tumbling below $1.12 days later. The currency currently sits at $1.35, which translates to about $81 billion worth of holdings for Ripple. Yo, so one coin of Ripple is $1.35. You should still get your hands on it. This is going to be the stuff that banks are going to be using. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that you should get it so you can do business with the banks. I'm just saying you should get it, get some money, make some money off it, and then cash out, period. If you need any assistance, you want to talk to me about some sort of strategies, whatnot, what type of wallets to use, email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. But, yo, check this out. Y'all can go back into the archives. I said this thing was going to pop. It was at like 20-something cents when I said it on the show. And that was some insider stuff that I don't even care if I put it on the air. You know, uh, so far, I haven't been burning bridges with my, you know, private um, relationships that I have out here. But, hey, this is for the people as far as I'm concerned. So that's that's what I wanted to kick off. Finally, let's get into this, yo. So this is, this is from the New York Times. Y'all can check this out. Why the IRS fears Bitcoin. And you could probably change that to cryptocurrency. But it starts off, and I'm not going to read this whole thing. The extraordinary rise in the value of Bitcoin 
and other cryptocurrencies has led many people to worry that this market is a giant bubble. Many, including the Federal Reserve Chairwoman, she used to be, Janet Yellen, and the billionaire investor Warren Buffett, have warned about a Bitcoin bust that could rival the dot-com crash of 2000 and wipe out speculators. But But the bigger concern about cryptocurrencies may be the damage they could do in the long run to government finances through lost tax revenue. The core technology underlying cryptocurrency, known as blockchain, is premised on anonymity. Transactions are public but linked only to an electronic address. This is a big part of what makes blockchain attractive. But anonymity is also the main fuel for the underground economy, which is now conducted largely via cash. The underground economy is a significant source of lost tax revenue. The Internal Revenue Service estimates that it loses around $500 billion annually because of unreported wages alone. Just wages. Just wages. That's not, you know, tax. All types. This is wages. And the underground economy in the United States, estimated at 8.4% of output, is relatively small compared with those of other countries. If cryptocurrencies were to replace cash, as a preferred anonymous medium of exchange, they could significantly expand the underground economy because they are so much more convenient than cash. There is no need to visit an ATM, and you can securely pay people regardless of their location. No wonder Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, expressed concerns recently that Bitcoin could become the next Swiss bank accounts. The IRS understands this, which is why it has been pushing to break the anonymity, the anonymity, Man, y'all do it too, of cryptocurrencies. In November, it persuaded a federal judge to order Coinbase, a popular Bitcoin exchange, to reveal the identity of customers for more than 14,000 accounts, representing nearly 9 million transactions. Blockchain technologies can also make it difficult for the IRS to tax cryptocurrency trading profits. Here's an example, and this is in the New York Times. This example is not bad. Here's a simple tax dodge that would be hard for the IRS to prove. <laughs> this is, I'm reading this from the New York Times, man. <laughs> Suppose A, B, and C are electronic addresses you own. So Bitcoin addresses, wallets. You let the IRS know you own the A wallet but not B and C. You buy one Bitcoin at $15,000 and park it at A, expecting the price to go up. Just a few hours later, when Bitcoin is worth 15500 you send that Bitcoin to wallet B and then to wallet C. A few months later, when your Bitcoin is now worth $25,000, you send it from C wallet back to the A wallet and tell the IRS, I sold a Bitcoin to an anonymous counterparty uh, wallet B back at $15,500 and just now bought a Bitcoin from another anonymous counterparty C at $25,000. Basically, you bought a Bitcoin for $15,000 and went up $500. You moved it to another wallet. Um, and then you moved it to another wallet and went up to $25,000. You transferred the Bitcoin back to the first wallet and say you bought it for $15,000 Sold it for fifteen thousand five hundred, so you're paying capital gains on the five hundred. 
but not paying for capital gains on the 10000 because you actually bought it for 15000 and it went up to 25000 but you moved it. And, you know, I mean, it gets more serious than this. The IRS can observe all the transactions between A, B, and C on the Bitcoin blockchain, but it cannot disprove that B and C are arm's length. I love this term, and I love that it's in New York, the New York Times. Arm's length counterparties, that is independent and not colluding. So they cannot disprove that they are arm's length counterparties. Rules in the United States that require financial institutions to verify the identity of address holders do not solve the problem. Because as far as the IRS knows, Wallet B and Wallet C could have been set up by a foreign institution that does not comply with such rules. <clears throat> Trust. <clears throat> it is inconceivable that the government would simply ex- accept enormous revenue losses from a larger underground economy and from tax, tax dodges on trading profits. The only question is how heavy-handed the response would be. One approach would be for the government to accept the difficulty of directly taxing cryptocurrency transactions and to offset the revenue losses by raising taxes. Woo! The basic economics of taxation tells us that economic losses from tax increase exponentially with the tax rate. This response would transform revenue losses into lower gross domestic product. More likely, the United States would take a tougher approach and attempt to ban cryptocurrencies altogether. This solution throws the baby out with the bathwater. While cryptocurrencies open opportunities for tax evasion and illegal operations, they also offer drastic reductions in the cost of financial transactions, especially for the poor, and less reliance on banks, which can increase the power of the Federal Reserve to control money supply and reduce the risk of bank runs. You hear what I'm saying? Increase the power of the Federal Reserve to control all the money supply. Y'all, y'all, y'all paying attention to this. The smarter response would be for the government to switch from taxing income when it is received to taxing income when it is spent. Many economists support moving this kind of consumption tax, but it would require a major overhaul of the tax code. The prospect of, of substantial government revenue losses is not just a problem for the United States government. It is also the problem for the cryptocurrencies themselves. For cryptocurrencies to survive long enough to be an effective means of performing everyday transactions, the cryptocurrency uh, commonly um, and the community will need to find a way to prevent tax evasion. This will involve a tricky balancing act, preserving anonymity while providing the IRS with sufficient information to prevent tax evasion. More generally, cracking down on tax evasion will require that the the community learn to trust government since this goes against the very ethos of the cryptocurrency movement, it poses the most difficult but no less necessary challenge. I hope y'all got what I got from that. Because that was, you know, and like I said, that is a lot of the IRS uh, fears Bitcoin. It's on um, the New York Times. You should check that out. You know, I pretty much did read the whole entire article. But there's some definite definite things in there that a lot of people aren't taking into consideration. And some of those things are specifically that going from a, a cash or note, paper, currency-based economy to a crypto or blockchain-based economy, although it may be 
you know, anonymous now. It can become less and less anonymous as regulation is further and further rolled out through different acts and, you know, different policy changes and stuff. Case in point, maybe they, they can't touch the currency itself, you know, the cryptocurrency, but they can definitely touch the, the companies that host wallets for these currencies. Which is in and of itself My thing is I don't put all my eggs In any one single basket Whether it's crypto or cash Or anything And I suggest you do the same And that's it for current events y'all I do want to say I appreciate you Definitely checking out the show Today But we're going to get into this Going private. So this is going to be my going private series. You know, y'all, if y'all know me, peep, peep game, I like to do series, you know. So I'm going to do this series and like, it's going to be at least three steps. So this episode is step one of going private. So we're starting from scritty, scriggity scratch. And that's going to be from the position of being a W-2 employee, which means you have a job, you work a job, you've worked a job. Since you can remember You filed individual tax returns Since you can remember Let's just say you've never owned an LLC Let's just say you've never opened a company Let's just say you haven't even ever Done a sole proprietorship I mean let's just say you've never even done a lemonade stand Man so we're going to start from there. I, I, I don't want to produce the foundation. I guess would be the best word I could use without providing the most basic and foundational principles. That would be most of us are working a job. All right. First and foremost. Before we start off, I want to give you the IRS low-hanging fruit doctrine. I don't know. I just made that up. It's something that I use. I said it. I've never heard anyone say it like that before. But I call it the IRS low-hanging fruit doctrine. Basically what that is, and I learned this from Sherry Peel Jackson. She's a wonderful sister. I really, really admire and respect this sister. Um, She's an ex- IRS agent who woke up, quit the IRS. She started her own tax preparing company. She must she must have been doing too much. Cause on a misdemeanor charge, they gave her five years in federal prison. Y'all look her up. Sherry Peel Jackson. She has some books out. Um how to stick it to the IRS is one of her one of her great books. Uh, we did an event a few years back. I think it was in Atlanta, where we presented at the same event. And she's a you know she knows her stuff. She's cold. But you know this is what shit Miss uh, Miss Jackson told me. Shout out to all the mentors that I've ever come across, regardless of the field. Peace to you, honors and thanks to the mentors. 
she told me this. She was like, the IRS doesn't really particularly care about, you know, big companies and big corporations. They understand that these companies and corporations make enough money to hire, you know, accountants and tax attorneys and the like. So, you know, they don't really look at corporates, corporations and corporate tax returns too much. What they like to audit is individuals, sole proprietors, and family-owned businesses or first-generation businesses. And the reason why, this is the, once again, the IRS low-hanging fruit doctrine, doctrine, D-O-C-T-R-I-N-E. I got a weird accent. I don't know where I picked it up. My apologies. I ask your forgiveness. So this is um, those business owners and sole proprietors that have enough time to make income but not enough time to protect what they make. So the low-hanging fruit doctrine is um, the IRS goes for those business owners and they audit those business owners and sole proprietors that have enough time to make income but not enough time to protect what they make. So you're spending all your time making money, generating income. You don't have time to study. You don't have time to maybe, you know, hire or research the proper professionals that you need to be contracting on behalf of your business to protect the wealth that is being generated by that business. So, and individuals, you know, W-2 employees and those who maybe aren't W-2 employees or 1099 contractors, but they file a 1040 or an individual return with that 1099 miscellaneous income. So those those are individuals and different types of entities or structures that the IRS considers low-hanging fruit. So I wanted to say that first and foremost, definitely, because just so you know, step one of going private is going to put you right smack dab in the middle of that doctrine. And I just want to let you know ahead of time, I don't want you to walk into anything blind because, I mean, who, who, who likes to do that? I don't you know. I don't like surprises unless it's money or something free that I really didn't want to pay for otherwise. And I was like just building building up the muster to pay for it. Because if y'all don't know, I'm just going to tell you, I'm really, really cheap. I do not like to spend money. I don't. For real. I'm the type of person who wore the same polos, hooded sweatshirt, holes in the elbows, holes in the cuffs. You swear you think I was homeless, but I mean, I can't do that too much now just because of the field that I'm in, but man, I don't like spending money at all. Really don't, which is easy, you know, executing contracts, you know, it's kind of like a contractor obligation, which kind of takes the pressure off of me, but I just, you know, I just don't like spending money. So yeah, once again, um, step one, which is what we're doing right now. Step one, W-2 versus 1099. 1099 miscellaneous, obviously. Um, is going to put you smack dab in the middle of this IRS low-hanging fruit doctrine. So I just want you to know that up front. But here's the deal. So let's say that you're a W-2 employee. I want to give you some fuel. You might want to take some notes. Because if you're looking to go from being a W-2 employee... To a 1099 contractor and keep the same job that you're doing, which I'm going to tell you off the gate, 
your chances are 50-50. I don't care what you're doing. In my experience with the people that I've consulted, it's about a 50-50 chance whether or not an employer or a bite. Now, if you work for a small business or a locally owned business, it raises to like 75-25 positive. Like, they will let you convert. But it's all about how you come at it. So part of step one is, like I said, you got a job. And some jobs, you know, they're just not going to let you do it. It's not going to happen. And, um, you know, step 1A of going private is, you know, what I'm going to cover for those of you who, there's no way you're going to get out of this W-2 job. There's no way. So you got to look at the sub-option of going private for step 1, and I'll get to that in a second. So with that being said, here's the thing, and you know, hopefully you got a you know a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper. It's not too much, y'all. You know, I know how it is. You work, we work enough. We work enough. Corporate hiring. This is this is important. Corporate hiring, as well as continuing to employ, requires a profit. So the corporation, the company needs to be making a profit in order to maintain employees. And also, you got to understand this. This is what you need to understand. Whatever job you're working at, whatever your money you're making an hour, please understand, on average, your employer is making three times the wage they're paying you off of your time and your labor. Three times. So if you're making $10 an hour, your employer is making $30 an hour off of your labor. That's the way it has to be. I'm telling you, I've been running companies for a long time and restructuring for a long time. I've looked at books. Uh, I've looked at a lot of, a lot of different you know, numbers, profit sheets, loss sheets. I've looked at a lot of different stuff, and I'm telling you, bare minimum, three times whatever you're getting paid is what the company is making off of you per hour. Sometimes the average might dip a little down. Maybe they're making, you know, two and a half times or whatever. Sometimes it's more than that. But on average, a company has to make three times the amount it is paying you hourly in order to be able to employ you and continue to operate and make a profit. Please believe that. Think about that. Understand that. Let that marinate. So, Corporate hiring and employment requires a profit. So here's your strategy. First and foremost, you know, because Soap just told you that no matter where you work, on average, the employer is making three times what they're paying me hourly. Okay. So during this renegotiation, if you go from W-2 to 1099 and your rate per hour does not go up, you are killing yourself. Do not do it. Just stay W-2. You, have, you need at least, I would say, a 15 to 20% increase in what you're making in order to compensate. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. I'm going to tell you why in a second. But you converting from W-2 to a 1099 contractor or miscellaneous income is going to lower their costs. They're going to save a bunch of money. They're still going to get the same labor, still going to get the same results that you've been giving them, but now they're saving more money. So you need to capture some of that. Otherwise, you're doing bad business. 
and you're not honoring natural law. Period. That's why things aren't working out. I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of being mad at everybody else. I understand why it is. So this is how your employer is incentivized to convert you from a W two employee to a ten ninety nine contractor. So write this down. How employers are incentivized. Number one, your employer will no longer have to withhold taxes. Withholding taxes, they have to go through payroll, payroll costs per however many employees there are. There's an average cost per employee to push them on the payroll, the paycheck. Most times we get direct deposits these days. But, you know, payroll, regardless, is an expense for the employer. So when you approach your employer and you're looking to go from W-2 to 1099, know in your mind and even mention that you're no longer going to be withholding any taxes. You're no longer a withholding agent. That's no longer your liability, no longer your responsibility. It's less liability and it's less costs on the employer. Or is incentivized to convert you. Okay, y'all got it? No withholding. They don't have to withhold any taxes from your from your check. That's the first incentive. The second incentive. They don't have to provide workman's compensation insurance for you. They no longer have to insure you. They're going to save money on insurance. Employers must provide workman's compensation and must pay into workman compensation for all employees. But if you're a contractor, you're responsible for your own workman's compensation. Or actually, the company is. Because that's how I'm going to have you set it up. Because we don't, we don't take income from a 1099 miscellaneous to the individual social security number and file a 1040. We don't do that. At the very least, we'll take that income from the 1099 into an LLC. And now the LLC is responsible for the tax. And corporate taxes dropped down to 21%. So believe it or not, Trump has your back. So no um, workman's compensation insurance must be provided. So your employer gets out of that. Congratulations, employer. This is a benefit. It's also an expense that they don't have to pay. This is why I'm telling you that your rate of pay needs to go up when you convert from W-2 to 1099. Number two. The employer does not have to provide employee liability insurance. So workman compensation, you know, you get hurt on a job, doing your job, liability, you know, you slip on the on the ground, on the on the shop floor or something. Something falls on you. And the company's liable because, you know, they weren't properly maintaining the equipment. 
and the equipment fell on you, a lot of times you'll be eligible for workman's compensation and get some sort of, you know, a liability payout in those situations. So that's another insurance that the employer does not have to provide for the employee. Another one, no employee benefits. Most of us aren't getting any benefits. They might offer some dental, maybe some transportation, some stock options, so on and so forth. But some of us do. Got a full medical and dental package. And if you do, you got a full medical and dental package and you're looking to convert from W2 to 1099, you have to account for the value of the medical that you're getting per year outside of the hourly wages that you're receiving or the salary wages that you're receiving. Because come time to negotiate that contract, you need to take into account any benefit packages that came along with that employment and compensate for those monetarily when you negotiate your contract. If you need help doing this, y'all can definitely know you can email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. I'll get you straight. Take care of you. You're my people. All right, moving forward. No employee taxes. Depending on how many employees a company may have, they might have to pay a tax. So usually the more employees you have, the, the more tax benefits you get. But the smaller businesses, you know, startups, uh, medium-sized businesses, they may be subject to some sort of taxation at the corporate level due to having employees. So you're going to negate that, that cost for the employer as well when you convert to 1099. You're not losing the workmanship. You're not losing anything. This is a win-win situation. You lose liability, I gain a little extra money I can use because, you know, I don't, I'm going private anyway, so I can, you know, handle my own affairs. So I don't really need you setting up my retirement and health care and all that other stuff because that's going to be taken care of privately. I just need the money or the funds or the Federal Reserve notes that would have gone towards that on my behalf so I can administer that. That's really what's going on. And finally, and there's more. This is just a list I came up with in a few seconds. Finally, no payroll taxes. Employers have to pay payroll taxes. So this is what, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then seven. Seven benefits for the employer to convert you to a 1099 contractor. Once again, no employee withholding, no workman's compensation insurance, no employee liability insurance, no employee benefit, no employee taxes, no payroll taxes, no payroll costs. Those are those are some smashing benefits for an employee, for an employer. I, I you know, as an employer, I love that. I don't necessarily employ. You know, I definitely contract. But, you know, 
let's say I did have to, you know, employ uh, wage earners. And, you know, one of the employees came to me and, you know, had this list thought out and, you know, just told me the mutual benefits of, you know, us converting them from an employee to a contractor. I would definitely listen to that. I don't know. I don't know what I would say. I'd have to maybe talk to somebody, you know, some accountant, human resources, maybe a tax dude, or have someone else do it to make sure that we're going to be good on the company side. Because, I mean, you're cool, but we're not losing anything for you. But um, really, it's a it's a good angle. And this is this is you know this is this can be done. I'm telling you, your 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 chances are going to be fifty fifty. If you work a government job, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's not going to happen. But if you don't work a government job, your chances are fifty fifty. If you if you work for a small or medium sized business, your chances is about seventy five percent positive that you're going to get this conversion done. I've seen it happen. I've consulted people to get this to happen. And, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised. Definitely pleasantly surprised with the results. I would definitely recommend it. Part B, let's say you got a, you know, you got a job. They're not looking to convert you. They're not looking to convert you 1099. Or they are, but they're not willing to give you a raise hourly. And they're saying, well, we're not saving so much. And blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, whatever. Um, and please believe, if they're not willing to raise your, raise the amount that you make an hour and you don't get any benefits and you don't really, you know, get a 401k or, you know, I'm taking anyway. Because I can control the income. Instead of it going to the social, now it's going to an LLC. Possibly a trust. But we're going private. We're still on step one. Part A of step one. Let's say you got a government job. You got a job that's not trying to convert you at all. They're not trying to hear you. Ask them again. They're going to fire you pretty much as how you feel. Well, you just, you got to start a home-based business. Um, Preferably, you know, it's got to be something that you care about, something that you enjoy doing. Because something that you can do Even though and work on it Even though you're not making money off of it You're not really receiving any type of Reward So to speak initially But as you you know Continue to work and continue to Put in those hours You will see results Positive results And those positive results will fuel More and more positive actions With fuel those fewer more positive results so on and so forth it's a cycle a lot of us know about that negative cycle that positive cycle is really really cold though I love it but yeah definitely you know go on private step 1A if you can't convert to 1099 you're going to have to start a business and then that way you can 1099 yourself if you want to go there Email me admin at welcome to the foundation.com If you need some help I'm a private Consultant I deal heavily in corporate structure And private wealth management That's what I do That's what I enjoy 
That's what I love. I have extensive years of experience. And there's only so much I can go through on a general, you know, show here on High Frequency Radio Network. But either way, even if you just start your own home-based business, it's cool. You can still do business credit. It's not impossible. It's just, you know, I just be talking about the best case scenario. And, I you know, I try to put people in the best position with their business credit or whatever they're doing. So, you know, there's a lot of specific criteria, but it's not absolutely necessary. You can still make things happen with your home-based business. Doesn't matter. You can get your family involved, your children involved. Make it, make it uh, an event. Make it, you know, a, a fun family type act, activity. Don't make it stressful. And nobody trying to deal with all that. We got enough stress any, every day, any day. But it, you know, it's, it's definitely important. You know, go into business. Go into business. If you can convert to a 1099 contractor, that's definitely, definitely your first step in going to business. Definitely. Step one is convert from W-2 to 1099 with your employer using, you know, some of the incentives that I listed. Step 1A, start your own home-based business if you can't convert. It doesn't matter what it is. You can do uh, drop shipping. You can set up a, a store like Etsy. I've heard of, I've seen all types of stuff. And you order something, put a, a dollar on top of the price and resell it. You know, join Facebook groups and put posts in the Facebook groups. You know, sell your products. And just make a dollar off each product. And you ain't, they ain't even coming to your house. You just drop shipping them. You just, you know, pushing the, the information to the drop shipper and they ship it. And, you know, it just starts from there. It starts small. You make $7 one day. And you make $9 one day. And then you don't make nothing for two days. And then the next week, you make $35. Then you make 40 the next day. And then you don't make nothing for two weeks. And a week after that, you try a new product. And then you make $100. And you're like, whoa, yo, this is starting to take off. But it takes time. So that's it. That's step one. You know, going private. Definitely going to be a step two. Definitely going to be a step three. But we'll get into that in the next, you know, few episodes over the next few weeks. And I'm definitely looking looking forward to it. Remember what I said, low-hanging fruit doctrine? When you're going private in your transition, you are prime, prime rib for IRS audits. Don't be, don't be afraid. I mean... My audit was fun. I, you know, I, I had a good time. <laughs> it was, you know, it was really, well, what, what can I say? What's the word for the audit that I went through? What year was that? It's 28. Okay, so that was 2016. So that was for the year 2015. Man, time's flying. Uh, the audit that I was the word I used to describe it. It was uh, very interesting and enlightening. To know that I had it I made the IRS They backed up They left me alone Why? Because I hit him with the heat So you know It's nothing to be scared of The IRS You know my mentor told me this You know 
one of the first times I, I met him, he said, uh, and my, this is my trust mentor. He said, um, you know, a lot of people, they, they dislike the IRS. They hate the IRS. You know, you go to events and you go talk to people and all they are is talking about the IRS, talking bad about them. And he said, you know, we love the IRS. I love the IRS. They're very helpful, very nice. And, um, you know, when he said that, I thought he was an agent. I'm not even going to lie. I was like, this dude's a snitch. For real. I ain't messing with this dude, old Uncle Tom snitch dude, weirdo. And I, I'm going to be honest, I was a little shook for a second. But, you know, as I've matured, as I've come into, you know, more understanding of administration, understanding of processes, procedures, how the IRS looks at stuff, the Internal Revenue Manual, the Internal Revenue Code, you know, certain Supreme Court cases and decisions and, you know, going through and shepherdizing certain cases and going, man, he was right. He was definitely right. Definitely right. So, you know, with, with the foundation, I definitely teach and I educate from the standpoint of an audit, like the worst case scenario. That's the way I educate. Whether you're in trustee training or whether you're just setting up your corporation, you know, looking to, you know, just do your best to avoid corporate taxes and just stay, you know, on the line. It's all the same. So I hope that helped. I definitely hope, you know, y'all enjoyed the, the topic. But I do want you to know that right now is one of the best times to start your own business. Right now is one of the best times since like the 70s, I think, to own a business. Corporate taxes have never been this low in my lifetime that I know of. And if they were this low, I didn't care because I was too young. I don't do too much with being upset at the problems and expending energy focusing on the on the issue. I like to invest energy focusing on the solution. And we can talk all this, you know, back and forth about Trump, Republicans and Democrats, and Tea Parties and Independents, Obama, you know, whatever. The bottom line is I'm more interested in operating a certain way than I am looking a certain way. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I don't care about the look, man. I really don't. And those who are invested in looks, I feel that it's like one of the lowest grades of human as far as I'm concerned. It's those who are just into looks. How does it look? And what, did, what would so-and-so think if they saw me and, and you see my shoes? And, oh, man, it, just, it really just, it's really sickening to me. But it's a good look to go into business for yourself as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like, seriously, I'm trying to tell you because, you know, I've done it and I've witnessed it and I've experienced it. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of numbers thrown around. Oh, uh, I don't out of all the businesses are start up, 100% of businesses within five years, 10% of those businesses are the only ones still running. 90% have gone out of business. Okay. 
I believe you. But, you know, what pool are you using to determine these figures from? And what type of businesses are you are you talking about? And where? And, you know, who were the owners? Who started them? And what were the reasons why they started them? Were they trying to get out of debt? Were they trying to provide a better quality of life for their family and their children? Or were they just concerned about the look? Looky, looky. So it don't matter what your business is. It doesn't matter how glamorous it is. How cool it is. I do this business. I do. I don't even tell nobody. Cause I don't care. Main thing we need to do is focus on investment. Honestly, main thing we need to do is focus on generating income. In order to do that, we need to go private so we know that the proper entities are in place, public and privately, to maximize that wealth and help that dollar circulate, baby. I'm about to open the phone lines, y'all. Wow, this is... I mean, look. There's a lot of callers, man. Shout out to all the callers. I'm impressed. 424-222-5250-563-999-3625. You can call in. Push one on the keypad. We about to start streaming in a second. So if you are listening live, you will be cut off. Cut off. Yeah, I'm about to go to the phone lines. 424-222-5250 and uh, 563-999-3625. Man, that's interesting. These are interesting numbers. Shout out to Big Brother Yusuf L., Shout out to the homie Tehran L. Shout out to the, the brothers, brother Sharif over there, Thor Radio. Shout out to all my private mentors. Couldn't have done it without y'all. All right, let's do this. Let me start right here. Seven one eight eight zero nine two. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace, so L. It's Dal from Brownsville. How you doing? I'm doing well, brother. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. That I'm listening to the show. I was relaxing. I'm surprised I didn't doze off. Because <laughs> normally when I lay down and listen to it. I doze off sometimes, but, um, you know, I haven't did that, you know, everything all right, so how you doing, I know, um, last week, um, you know, um, you know, it sounded like, you know, um, you know, things wasn't too well, but, you know, I sent you an email, did you get it? I did, yes, yes, I did, I apologize, I didn't respond. Okay, that's right, I don't, no, I don't, I don't expect to, I don't, you know, I don't expect to get, you know, I found out about email etiquette, you don't have to respond, um, um, you know, you don't have to respond right away. That's why, um, you know, I have like um, the job I work for. They talk about email etiquette. You don't have to respond right away. So it's all right. I just, you know, I didn't see your email too late anyway with that, you know. But everything's all right, so L. You know, I'm glad everything is all right. You know, I don't have um, anything to say. But um, hopefully um, I'm looking to um, 
you know, be um, in the class um, this year, you know. I will be in the class this year, you know, hopefully early, you know, me and a few people with that. And uh, I'm going to let you take the next call because you can hear this little guy. Um, 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 he's not going to let me talk um, to you clearly, like that, you know. Yeah. But elsewhere, right, how's man, your I, family? I, you know, how's, how's your family, man? Family's family's doing well. No complaints, everybody. That's you know, good. Healthy. How about you, man? How's your family? How's the little dude? Yeah, everybody's alright. You hear it's over here. They're alive and and well with that, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna let I'm you right, take I the next caller it. and um. Say that again, so well. All right, man. I I appreciate you calling. You know, I appreciate your consistency, man. Appreciate you. Love you, man. Have a great week. And I'll talk to you I love soon. you too, man. It's a pleasure always talking to you. All right, so I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Peace to the God. Um, let me go to. Man, there's a lot of callers. I think this is the homie right here. Two zero five zero three seven seven. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Zero five zero three seven seven two oh five two oh five. All right, maybe I'll come back to the two oh five area code. Let me go to the Bay Area. Looking like the Bay Area nine two five nine six eight one. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? How you doing, man? Oh, Big Brian for the day. Brian from the day. How you doing? <laughs> All right, man. Joining the show and, and and realizing I think I think we related. You know why? Why that? Because I constantly always be told by my family members that I'm frugal. So when you said about the whole money thing, I'm that type of cat too. Because I be wearing the same stuff all the time, trying to make it maintain, and then people be seeing me and they be like. Where you get those shoes from? Oh, those are my shoes. I'm like, yeah, I got it from here. That's like, how much it cost? Twenty dollars. They're like, damn, where, where you get them? Like, you know, I'm the same as you, man. But you know, I really, you know, appreciate what you're doing and you know, letting people know about the whole, you know, people got to realize this whole Bitcoin thing because I've been trying to dabble in and stuff and learning more about it and stuff. And yeah, there's a lot of opportunity in that stuff, but uh. Yeah, you know, just come and sh- show support, man. And uh, I'm the same as you, bro. So you know, I'm frugal as much as you are too. So, <laughs> and I'm not frugal. I'm I'm cheap, man. It goes beyond frugal. <laughs> I'm I'm bro. I mean, I'm, cheap too. <laughs> I'm the type like I will have holes in my stuff and just be like, you know what? I don't even need it. I don't even. I'll say something like, you know, uh, my ancestors had less. The ancestors had less, and I have like. Thousands of dollars in my pocket and just won't do it. You know, I just I'm just so cheap, man. Like super cheap. I'm serious. I'm, I'm just saying. Look, you you talk about, about I'm trying to I don't know about frugal. I'm <laughs> telling you, bro. I get I'm cheap. I'm cheap as well, man. It's hilarious because I got like sweaters and sometimes clothes that I had when I was in high school. And they're like, man, that's old. Why you still wear? I said, cause it fit. And then people, my family's like, why are you wearing that old set? I said, I like it. You know, and uh, I'll be having like, 
you know, that I'll be having clones sometimes and like I tell you, man, I, I'm so I'm so cheap, I'll be like trying to find ways to like get my information if I can, you know. It depends on what information, but like if I wanna watch some entertaining, you know, when I'm not studying, I'll be I, I know so many ways to find movies and stuff and all that. It's it's hilarious. Because people come miles be asking me, where can I find this at? Where can I find that at? So, Man, don't jack my style, but check <laughs> this out. I'll go to, like, department stores, right? I like, yo, check this out. I like polo, and not, like, name brand polo. I like polo because I couldn't afford that stuff when I was younger, and everybody that was rocking it had it. So now I can afford it, so whatever. But I don't go crazy with it, though. Like, I go into to the spot, and I go to the clearance area, and just stay over there for like 40 minutes and find some deals. But I will go and get, uh, I like those polo sailor shoes, yo. I really love them joints. They like canvas kind of with some whatever. I'll get them joints and they like 30, 60, sometimes, sometimes 75. I'll get like two pair that I like and I will sit on those things for two years and won't touch them and then pull them out two years later when nobody got them and everybody forgot. They're like, yo, where you get those? And I'm like, you can't find these, B. Because you can't, because they're two years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But don't jack my style. Um, no, no, nah, nah, I ain't going to jack your style, bro. I do, this, I, do, I do stuff similar. I buy certain stuff, and then I won't wear it. Or I keep, like, old. Like, I tell you, my mom and them been trying to get me to get rid of this old uh, John Blaze uh, sweater. And it's hecka old I had when I was in high school, and I still wear it. And then people be like, Man, I haven't seen that in years. Like years, bro. Yep. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, man. But I got, I got a pair of Tim's. I got a pair of Tim's with the soles. You know, they barking. The soles can't bark apart, so they they barking. The Tim's, and I don't throw them away because it's like you know I can use these to you know do yard work in them or something. But I don't use them. Man, I, keep them. I'm, I'm, I'm the cheap, man. Anyway. I Go ahead. Know, I don't want to sit here and talk about how cheap I am, yo. People are like, yo, we don't care if you cheap, dude. <laughs> but it's all good, man. You having a good week, well, yeah. though, family? Hey, man, I'm doing all right, man. Like I said, I'm just here, and I'm really listening to this one because, you know, this is interesting for me, you know, because I still got one of those jobs, but I'm not really tripping because, you know, I've been trying to... I, I'm actually just trying to hopefully quit soon, so I'm not really tripping, but it is a good... It's a good listen to see how you might be able to, you know, if it takes me longer to get where I'm at, maybe I need to do this whole process of, you know, going from this point to controlling everything. Because I'm already on the path of that, so it might make more sense. But, yeah, man, you know, like I said, I'm always here to learn. And, you know, like you said about the whole Bitcoin thing, man, it's real, you know, it's not even about the Bitcoin. So many other coins that you can make from, you know, people don't realize that. Like you said, Ripple, and there's other ones. You know, uh, there's one called, what's it called right now? I don't know if I even should say it. Zero. Let me see what it is actually. Zero, and it's like they're talking about that's like should be something that people look into. Let me see exactly what their name is. Hold on. Let me make sure before I tell you. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Uh, yeah, called zero, and the the way it looks, it it is just the the bracket. I guess the thing is Z R X, 
And I'll tell people to look into that. You know, that's something that's very cheap right now before it get really going. Because it's like, it's, it's like, I think less than a dollar right now. Mm-hmm. So, get it. That too. You know, take 200 bucks, take $100, buy $100 worth of Ripple, take another $100, buy $100 worth of Zero, sit on it, just chill. But that's the and, thing. Um, you know, people are talking about... Something. You know, wallets being hacked. Is the is the Bitcoin safe? Yo, they got a thing called a Ledger Nano S. It looks like a flash drive, where it stores your keys on this device. It's offline. You can't hack it. If you lose it, if you have your keys, like you know your codes and stuff, you just buy another one, put in the codes, and it pulls all your stuff off the blockchain. There's a lot of cats being hacked. You know, Coinbase had to give over 14,000 worth of records away to the, um, the IRS. You know, whereas, you know, if you have an offline wallet or they call it cold storage, that's the move to make. And it's called a Ledger Nano S, L-E-D-G-E-R, Nano S. It's made by a company in France. Um, quite some time in France. France is cool, huh? So I got one of those. I ain't got a lot. Look, I probably ain't got as much as you got, but I got I got something, hey. you know. <laughs> hey. Hey, it don't matter. It don't matter. So I got the little flash drive, but I'm going to let you go and talk to somebody else, and, you know, I'll talk to you on the other side. But just showing, showing some love, man, you know, showing, just trying to get as much as I can and appreciate what you do, man. Just here to show show some respect. All right, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for calling in. You know, I'll holler at you on the other side, the private side. <laughs> yeah, have a good night, man. You too, man. Man, we got about five minutes left in the broadcast. Man, y'all, y'all showing love tonight. Love y'all too, man. We got another 205, 205, 5890. Now, let me try this other one. Two zero five zero three seven seven. I'm coming back. Are you here? Man, peace to God. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. What's up, Melo Bay? How you doing? Man, I'm doing. You know, I'm doing. I'm doing exceptionally well. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here. Uh, just hit the clock. You know what I'm saying? About to hit the bus. You know what I'm saying? I'm in traffic real quick and get up in here, man, and get back. You know what I'm saying? So uh, everything is everything. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you coming through, dropping the jewel, bro. I tuned in after you, after the event. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, investing, that's where it's at, though. That's where it's at, though. You know what I mean? Uh, we got to start learning. We got to definitely start learning the market. You know what I'm saying? Paying attention and start watching things. You know what I'm saying? Let's get into the mode where we can put money in a position to be able to work. We can, it could be tax-free or, you know, currency or whatnot, different things. So it could be tax-free and also watch the money make money, so to speak. You know, right. I mean, watch the real money. Watch the watch the real money make money, like like the wealthy do it. You know what I'm saying? We could be somewhere, you know, gaining a lot of interest, bro. You know what I'm saying? Building just by creating little small groups. You know what I'm saying? Definitely getting off and take this investing thing. You know what I'm saying? Who those who are skeptical, like you said before, you got to get results, brother, whether good or bad. So you know what I'm saying? Let's get the experiment. 
like a true scientist, you know what I'm saying? So I'm 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 definitely now for it, you know what I'm saying? And um you know, and applying the correct information. Setting the family up yes. putting them in the correct position. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, definitely. No, I, love man. I mean Man, you know, that's, that's another man. thing about trust and love, bro. I love it, man, because if you really love and trust your family, you will really secure them, and you will really, you'll really put them in the best position where they can be tax-free, you know, uh, they can grow, they can learn, they can build, they can pass it on, they can keep these things secure. If you really love and trust your family, you know, so that's why I appreciate it, brother, for you definitely coming, stepping out, doing what you do, true nobleman, you know what I'm saying, Service definitely worthy. You know what I'm saying? You're worthy of your hire, definitely. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? We salute you, brother. You know what I'm saying? It's another thing. So I'm gonna set up and do what I can do, man. You know, and uh that's just definitely what it is, man. So it's another one, so much much this this one here was monumental. You know what I'm saying? It's another one. Another jewel in the bag, you know what I'm saying? We got the bag ready. Hope everybody appreciated this one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's an honor. I, you know, I trust. I trust so, man. You know, I just put it out there, man. Hopefully, and trust me, it's getting out there. But I appreciate you, man, and you know, staying consistent. You know, checking out the show. I know a lot of times you be at work when you tune in and stuff. But, you know, yeah. definitely appreciate it, man. So just keep it moving, you know. Yeah. You gonna keep it moving. Go in. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. I'm going in, though. I'm going to definitely go in, you know, before I, before I definitely, uh, I definitely, you know what I'm saying, call it a night. I got I to gotta give me a few notes in and, you know what I'm saying, look at a little trust, you know what I'm saying, look at a few things here and there and then, you know what I'm saying, take take on some things, man. So, food uh, for thought, man. You know what I'm saying? We investing. We investing. We definitely investing. So, man, I'm um, just, just ready to line up the economics, like you said. Putting these, putting these FRNs, you know what I'm saying, notes behind this and then definitely transferring it, you know what I'm saying, creating some type of uh, generational generational wealth. That's where it's at, generational, transgenerational, you know what I'm saying. Right. So, um, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's beautiful, though, man. It's beautiful, man. I, I love it. I can already see it. I can see it, you know what I'm saying, just by... Just by doing certain steps and certain processes, man, you you can you can see it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not on a skeptical uh, type of thing where everybody's saying what don't work here and for them different thing. But you know, like you said, man, applying the correct information, man. So that's 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 the only thing we should be concerned with: solutions and remedies. We already aware of problems. We're aware of the problems, and you know what I'm saying. So let's let's focus upon the solutions and remedies. Focus, you know what I'm saying? So, it's different, brother. That's what it is, man. I enjoy it always, you know. Peace, peace to you and yours. You know what I'm saying? I definitely, I definitely reach out and link out. You know what I'm saying? As I continue these, these, you know what I'm saying? These steps out here. So, that's what it is, man. And we'll meet up. And it did. Like I said, peace to God. All right, man. Appreciate you, man. Peace to God. Talk to you soon, D. Indeed. All right, y'all. We got about 40 seconds left in the broadcast. I'm going to go over just a little bit. So if you're online, you know, checking this out, you know, on the web or whatnot, you definitely got to call in 424-222-5250. 
or five six three nine 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 three six two five. I'm gonna keep it moving. Go on to the next caller. Seven oh four two six seven zero seven oh four two six seven zero. Peace. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Peace. I'm Yell. Oh, peace, brother. How you doing? I'm good, man. Good. Just calling in to say peace. Trying to catch up on the show. So, you know, I'll hear you in the archives, but just want to say peace. I know you're doing your All thing. Right, man. <laughs> Appreciate you. Appreciate you checking me out. You know, with the check-in. Everything good? Yeah, everything's good, man. All right. Good to hear, man. But yeah, man. Thanks for calling in. Thanks All for right. checking in. Peace. Talk to you soon. Peace. All right. That's the homie Ami L. On the homie that that's the homie for been a, been a little over a year. Been a, almost two years. On that brother for a minute. Uh next caller. We're gonna go to Oh no. I'm confused right now. Hold on. Oh, so somebody must have fell off. Oh, I almost didn't even see her. Peace, Sister Yvette. How you doing, Sister? Peace to the community. Peace to the kings and queens. God bless you, Brother Saldel. What's going on? Oh, you know, just uh, another show, another day. What's going on with you? How are you? Excellent show tonight. That that was some vital information that the community needed to hear. I was a little crossed up on some of the areas, but you straightened that out for me, and I appreciate that. Did you get my email? I did. Thank you very much. I thought looked at it this Stay morning. Stay encouraged. I really appreciate it. Stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. All will be well. You know, everybody's getting their pennies together. Everybody's going to be coming in. You're going to have a, a nice gathering of the private, the new trainees. So everybody's doing what they got to do. A word, a few words of wisdom. All those that are trying to invest in crypto um, currencies, just let them know. Don't use their credit cards to buy the currencies, the bitcoins or whatever, the banks are not honoring them. The credit card companies are not honoring them. And it's going to be a problem in the long run. They could use any other form of payment. No credit cards. And if they're going overseas to buy their purchases, certain banks are definitely not using the credit card. So just tell the community to be aware. They're not honoring any credit card charges if you're using your card to get these these purchases. So okay. Brother Saul, stay encouraged, hang in there. Everything is coming together. We appreciate those jewels tonight. I definitely appreciated it. And I'll be getting back in touch with you just now. All right? Be blessed. Peace to the kings and queens. Peace, community. Peace, Sister Yvette. Have a great week. Peace to God. You too. Uh, 
I think I'm going to end it with Sissy that kind of tradition at this point. I know I got some more callers. I apologize. Call the next show and, um, you know, I'll definitely get to you. Um, I do want to say thank you for checking out the show. I do trust that you were able to glean some important, if not pivotal, points of information that you can use and put into action maybe as soon as tomorrow. The playing field is, you know, in your favor when it comes to starting your own business, running your own business, administering your own business. Um, Even if that begins with, you know, converting your W-2 employment to a 1099 miscellaneous or contract employment position. That being said, the corporate tax rate was just, I don't know, I think close to halved. About 21% if I'm not mistaken. Then there are a lot of deductions that are being disallowed on the individual on the 1040. And the landscape of not only legislation of taxes, but, you know, the policy, the internal revenue cha- service is changing as well. What I do know, what I will tell you with the utmost, conf- the utmost confidence is that the rich and elite are not going to legislate against themselves. And if we understand that, we know that these rich and elite, they own businesses or they invest in businesses, hence the, the cut in corporate taxes. They administer entities such as trusts and foundations over 90% of Congress and the Senate as well as uh, multiple 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 representatives state representatives are arranged in a particular way which very, very, very coincidentally happens to be what I'm educating. So it's something to think about. It's best to get on the right side of history, the right side of the ledger, and, you know, the positive side of cash flow. Because if cash is flowing in to one place, it's flowing out of a number of another. A W-2 employee is a position of where energy and cash is flowing out of. So going private step one is looking to convert from a W-2 to a 1099 contractor. And I trust I gave you some very useful points that you can use during your negotiation of that transition. I appreciate y'all. I I believe in y'all. This is the reason why I come on this show on this network every single week doing this show the foundation because I believe in y'all I wouldn't just be wasting my time wasting my breath so until next week I want you to enjoy yourself I want you to take care of yourself show yourself some love and I want you to think you know this is what I like to tell people you know we go to work and we give our best you know the boss always says check your attitude at the door leave your private business at the door so you need that work. We don't be cutting up like we do at home around people that we supposedly love and care about. Our best behavior is around strangers and people we don't really care about and particularly don't necessarily 
entertain with outside of work, but they get our best behavior. Let's maybe look to start to reverse in that. So with that being said, I definitely, definitely, definitely want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Foundation. It's been a, officially longer than a year. I've been the host of this show, and I want to thank each and every one of you. Make sure you go to welcometothefoundation.com. At least, at the very least, sign up for the email list. You can definitely get a hold of me, get a hold of us even. And definitely, I want you to, you know, begin, begin, just begin. And a lot of times, you know, the belief is required before we're able to begin. But just begin that transition. This is step one. Coming with more steps as we continue to lay the foundation. I'm your host, Soel. L. Join me each and every Wednesday here on High Frequency Radio Network. And definitely check out WelcomeToTheFoundation.com. Like I said, like at the, at the very least, sign up for the email list. I appreciate you. I love you. Care about you. Believe in you. And I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Foundation, hosted by yours truly, So L. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Noble regards. High Frequency Radio.